Hello everyone and welcome to the first episode of Weaving with Wiz, my brand new podcast. Hope everyone has had a good day today. So the reason why I decided to do this podcast was it's kind of a two-part deal. One, it's for a grade. It's for uh, my intro to broadcast class where we could choose either a career development path or a community engagement path. And I decided to do career development and decided to do a podcast where I talk about just stuff that I like. Um, So this podcast, even though it's called Weaving with Wiz, it's talking about anything just nerdy. We're talking about anime, comics, conventions, voice acting, uh, anything, just anything nerdy and we're going to be talking about it. So hopefully you enjoy. So today... Uh, the things we're gonna, the main talking points for this episode are, we're gonna be going over Ruby Volume Nine, just talking about the latest episode because the premiere came out this past Saturday. Uh, we're gonna be talking about it being exclusively on Crunchyroll, uh, what this means for Rooster Teeth, and a couple minor spoilers, just kind of just talking about the episode just a little bit, not too much, and then we're gonna get into talking about Trigun. Because, because the new uh, anime is out, Trigun Stampede, and we're going to be comparing that with the old show that came out back in uh, 2001, uh, just comparing the two, and my thoughts on it and everything. And then we'll wrap up with talking about Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Uh, just talking about my thoughts on it, a couple minor spoilers, not too much, because you should definitely go see it if you can. And just what this means for the future in the MCU. So let's just get right into it with talking about Ruby Volume 9. So like I said, the newest volume came out. Uh, It premiered this past Saturday. Uh, It is exclusively on Crunchyroll. It is not on Rooster Teeth's site anymore. Well, it won't be premiering new episodes there. It won't be... put on their platform until a year later so that's definitely a new thing to get used to that it's not on their platform anymore is on crunchyroll exclusively if you want to watch the brand new episodes as they come out so that's definitely something to talk definitely something to talk about we'll get into that in a little bit but i want to talk about the uh the new volume it's definitely interesting. I I like it. I know it's kind of um, uh, what should I say? It's it's very interesting. I'm interested to see where they go with this. Um, it looks really fun because it is. We're in the if you if you if you're caught up with it. We are the girls, the team Ruby. Uh, they are on this island called um, that seems like. That's been called the Ever After by the Kruby. And it it just looks really fun. It looks really interesting to see what we're gonna get into. But it uh based on what we've seen through the through the trailers and even the intro, which I'll get into the intro in a minute, it this is definitely gonna be a heavy, like feet, like heavy feelings volume. And there's a lot that we're gonna get into into this volume. Even though it's only 10 episodes, like, we're going to be getting into a lot of stuff. And this seems to be very Ruby Rose focused. Like, she's dealing with she's dealing with a lot of stuff, dealing with a lot of stress of everything that's going on. Everything that happened at the end of Volume 8 and how, and how that's going to impact her into this upcoming volume. There's just a lot to get into. Um, and like I said, there's... A lot of things we saw in the intro itself. The intro, like the song, it's a banger. It's a certified banger. It is really good. It's probably one of my favorites right now if I had to choose. Um, I think Volume 2 is still my absolute favorite um, opening to Verbi. But this one's pretty close. This was, I'd, ha- I'd probably have to listen to it a few more times to see if I really, really like it. But just on initial listening to it, I like it. I like it a lot. Um, the visuals are really good. 
um, there's just there's so much going on. There's so much to look at and to dissect from it. Uh, like I said, I'm not gonna get into too much with it because it's it's definitely spoiler heavy, and um, you should definitely watch the show to to definitely see what I mean. Um, in the intro, there's just a lot of things that are hinted at that are what to come. That that's what's to come. Um, new characters, just the world itself. Just there's so much, so much to get into. Um, it definitely seems this new volume is like purpose. Like the theme is like purpose is a heavy, heavy theme in this volume because um, in the episode, from what we've seen in like a teaser for it for volume nine. Um, that little interaction between Ruby and the little mouse, Little. It seems like just bet- just in that interaction in and itself, in and of itself, um, purpose, like purpose and like who you are is a very big theme in this um, volume. Like there's going to be a lot of times where Ruby is kind of probably gonna be looking at herself and it's like who is she actually like who is she in on the inside like um what's her purpose like is she a hero is she like like all these different things that are gonna be going through her head psychologically and everything it'll, it'll definitely be interesting to look at um like i said i love i like the first episode it did move a bit fast like we like it did not take long for the girls to find each other i did kind of i sort of did kind of wanted to see like oh what if we spend a couple episodes on the girls just trying to find each other or whatever but nope we get it we get it within the first episode so that was something i was kind of like okay but i didn't mind it too much because i mean there's gonna be we're just we're going fast we gotta get we got to get to like what all this different stuff we're going to get into into this volume. Um, like I said, it's very Alice in Wonderland themed um, from what we've seen. Um, the intro definitely shows a lot of different things. Alice in Wonderland. And I'm excited. Alice in Wonderland, just the world of it. Just, just so many things to pull from. Um and I'm excited to see what they do with it. Um, I am definitely like my favorite character is Jean. For those who know me, um, Jean is my favorite character out of Ruby. And just seeing the intro, and then just seeing all the different, all the teasers, and seeing everything that this volume could possibly have, I'm definitely nervous for him because at the end of Volume Eight, there was just a lot of things happening. He got separated from his team. He fell into the void, into the ever after with Team Ruby. Um, and he had to sacrifice Penny so Cinder wouldn't get the uh, wouldn't get the maiden powers. Um, and he has a broken sword. And so there's just a lot to get. There's just a lot to unpack from that and I'm definitely nervous for him to see like what his um, see to see where he goes to see what issues he has to deal with what uh, along with Team Ruby's like they don't like the thing is they don't know that he's there he fell after they did so they don't know that he's there so that's another thing to think about. I'm, again, I'm also nervous for Ruby because, like I said, this is a very. This seems to be a very Ruby Rose focused ep- uh, Ruby Rose, Ruby Rose focused volume. Yeah, there. She's she's gonna be going through it. She's gonna be dealing with a lot of psychological stuff this volume, and it'll be interesting. This, I'm interested to see where this volume goes. Um, and yeah, I will. I will say. Um, leading up into volume nine, it's been kind of messy because of all the things going on with Rooster Teeth, all the behind the scenes stuff about like people working on the anime on the the animation department, just dealing with crunch and all this stuff and the things going on with, um, Kendon Jensen, uh, the horrible things going on there. 
Um, which, I mean, that's probably one of the reasons why maybe Ruby got moved exclusively to Crunchyroll because I don't know how I I don't know how that you could justify still having that on your platform um, because people are just turning out away turning out in droves like away from Rooster Teeth I mean one thing I saw as I was going as I was going through this that like whenever you um, like cancel your subscription to Rooster Teeth and they'd say oh like why are you leaving and stuff like that and someone posted like the, like the different reasons that you could um, all the different reasons of why you're leaving and everything and a couple and like what literally the first choice on like why people were leaving the top one I think this was like right after um, it got announced that Ruby was moving exclusively to Crunchyroll and that Volume 9 would not appear on their on Rooster Teeth's platform until next year, 2024. A lot of people just left um, Rooster Teeth. And when you get asked, like, oh, hey, like, why are you leaving? The Like, the top choice that I see is I only signed up for Ruby. Like, and I'm kind of one of those people. Like, the only thing that was keeping me to Rooster Teeth was Ruby. That was it. So the fact that it's not even on their plat, that's not going to be on their platform until next year. Like, what's the point in paying however much it is to, um, to, to wait? You're not even seeing, you're going to be a year behind everybody else. So, I mean, that... That's just crazy to me that that's like the top thing that's shown when you leave Rooster Teeth, when you show, when you pick, oh, why are you leaving? I own the top choice is, oh, I only am here for Ruby. So that, that is crazy. And like, we don't even know, like, if we're going to get another volume because volume 10 hasn't been greenlit yet. It hasn't. There, it like, it has not been greenlit. Like, most of the time, like, as a new volume comes up, we hear, it's like, oh, the next volume's already been greenlit and it's already getting worked on. Well, volume 10 hasn't been greenlit yet. So we don't know if we're going to get anything after 9, even though I'm even though pretty sure the story needs to keep going. But we don't know, like, we don't, we don't know, like, the future of the next volume because it hasn't been greenlit and of course the animators and stuff are gone like the ones that we know like the the crewby that we know is their their contracts got expired or they ran out so we don't it's ruby's kind of up in the air right now after after this volume it's kind of up in the air where it's where it goes because i mean we do have this new like ruby justice league crossover movie that's part one, by the way. It's only part one, and it's coming out um, in April, which it's only which it's a home release. It's not in theaters, which we kind of got led astray because it seemed like oh, it's going to be released in theaters, but actually, it's just a home release on DVD and Blu-ray and 4K. So again, everything is kind of up in the air with Ruby. Um, it's. <laughs> It's 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 a crazy time. It's a crazy time for Ruby right now. Um, I love I love this show. I I definitely have. There's definitely problems with it, but I still enjoy the show for what it is. And yeah, it's it's crazy. It's a it's crazy to think about like the future of this show. With that with that said, we'll move on to the next topic, which is Trigun. Now. When I first heard about this this new Trigun anime, at first I was kind of I was pretty excited. I was like, "Oh my gosh, like they're bringing Trigun back. That's awesome." Um and I heard about it, I was like, "Oh, it's going to be like animated by Orange, which uh, they do 3D anime, 3D anime, which has been kind of a 
it's been kind of like back and forth like pe whether people like it or not um i don't mind i feel like uh, as long as it's well done if the animation is pretty good and the story is really good then i probably won't mind but overall like i was pretty excited i was pretty excited to hear that oh they're bringing trigun back um it was kind of messy trying to figure out whether it was like because obviously there were some things different like there's definitely a couple things that we'll get into like some differences between the new one and the old one which is a classic an anime classic um but there was just kind of some messiness on like whether it was like a reboot or a um a, a prequel um because you weren't seeing certain characters or whatever but no it it's a reboot it just it was just kind of messy trying to trying to get a confirmation but it is a reboot it is a retelling of the of the original anime trigun which came out actually came out in nights the uh, originally in japan in 1998 but it got the english dub in 2000 2001 which i actually looked up that trigun is actually 25 years old now like this year marks its 25th anniversary so that's wild to me that's like oh my god it's already 25 years old that this anime came out that is crazy but um i looked to see how this new anime was um and i definitely took notes in between like oh how is this compared to the old and how is this compared to everything else so i guess we'll start with how the old is and then we'll uh talk about how it's different in the new one so in the old one um definitely some differences is like and if you've seen the old one then you know that it revolves around it mostly revolves around the three that these three main characters kind of revolves around vash the stampede and then you have meryl and millie you have the insurance agents yes in the old one they are insurance agents uh meryl is kind when you first like know meryl she's kind of like She's not really pessimistic, but she's just like, she's kind of like the opposite of how Millie is. Millie is very optimistic. She's very sweet. Um, you think she's not, she's kind of naive, but she's also, but she's smarter than she looks, than you give her credit for. Um, Meryl is kind of, compared to Millie, she is kind of pessimistic, but she's also kind of real, realistic at the same time. Um, and she's kind of cold at first, but then she, but she does warm up to you. Um, but they're really funny. Their interactions with Vash and everybody else is really, really funny. Like, that's the thing with me, with the old to the new. The old one is so funny. There's just so many moments where I'm just, I just burst out laughing. It's just so, so funny. Um... And Vash, he's goofy um, when you first meet him. He's very goofy. And throughout the whole series, he ha he's just so goofy. Um, but he's also a badass. He really is. Like, he has his moments. There's a lot of moments where he is just... When... Like, when crap hits the fan, like, he is... Re he's ready to go. And he's, like, the best gunman around. So... I heard, I heard, actually saw a video where someone described Vash as crouching moron hidden badass. And I just couldn't help but laugh because that is so spot on for Vash. Um, and then another difference in the old is that the, like, eventually it, it stops being, it stops being like a main narrative point. Um, but around the, but for the first part of the anime, it's all about it's like, oh, Vash the Stampede, he's an outlaw who's worth sixty billion double dollars. Um But eventually that stops being a thing and it's more focused on Vash taking out the gung ho guns, uh, taking out Legato and 
eventually facing his quote-unquote like brother um uh knives millions knives and like there's just a and there is like a shift between like the first part and the second part of the anime the first part is very goofy it's very it's very fun it's fun like i mean the whole anime is fun but like there's just a there is a distinct like halfway point where like like oh we we're getting serious now like it's no there's no like like there's some things that aren't laughing matters anymore it's like we have to get serious now the first part is just you know him uh, Vash and uh, Meryl and Millie like they're tracking him um and initially like Millie uh, not Millie Meryl is like not convinced that Vash is who he says he is or who people say he is but then I believe it's around episode four four or five where she's like oh my god like I can't believe it like this is this is Vash like he is he is who he says he is or who people say he is because he just does this he has this awesome fight with the Nebraska family um um, where he and the thing and the main sticky point with Vash is that he doesn't kill people. He like even though he's like the best gunman around, he could take out anybody if he wanted to. He doesn't because he has this he has like this moral obligation or this this moral code that where he won't kill people. He he even has a hard time hurting people, and he only like hurts people to like to kind of just incapacitate them and not kill them because he he's trying to like keep a promise to rem who's like his who was like his mother figure um and but yeah like he has this big he has this awesome fight with the nebraska family and he takes like he takes out the nebraska's and merrill's is like oh my god i can't believe like i have to admit like this is actually vash like this is the sixty billion double dollar outlaw, the humanoid typhoon, um, and it's just really funny. She's like, "Oh, I can't believe this! Like, I have to write this. I have to actually do this report that, yep, we found him." Um, and yeah, like the man, the old, the old one is just such a good anime. It's just so good. Like, there's, like, it's a classic for a reason. I will say some of the animation's not that great. It has definitely dated, but I mean, it definitely has a charm to it. There now there are some scenes that are like they are stunning. Like some of the shots are amazing, but there are but there are some other ones that could be better and are definitely like of their time, like the limited animation that they had at the time, but it it is such a good anime. If you have not watched the original Trigun, please go out and do yourself a, a favor. And do yourself a service and go watch it. It's on Crunchyroll and it is and it is amazing. Please go watch it. It's like all like it's not on like the same level as Bebop, but it's pretty close. It's in that same little thing like a space western. Um like sort not really apocalyptic i mean trigun is sort of like in a post-apocalyptic world but um but man is i can't talk i can't say enough good things about it like the music's really good even though there's parts where it just it is a bit repetitive but the story's really good um like the 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 dynamic between uh, Vash and uh, Nicholas D. Wolfwood, who we, who is like, uh, he's like a priest, but he, uh, but he's like they're opposites of each other. Vash won't, won't kill people, but uh, Wolfwood has no qualms with taking out people if it means um, getting a job done or protecting people. Um, Vash is the complete opposite, and that's and that is such. A big deal whenever Vash does kill Legato like he like he like that's like the first time he's like directly killed somebody like with his own hands and that's such a big part of the anime 
Um, and he and he has to deal with that. And eventually, he's just like, eventually, like he kind of figures out is like, sometimes it just has to be done. Sometimes there's just people so evil that you you can't like if you keep if you let them go if you don't kill them then there's then they're just gonna go off and kill more people so that's definitely something that he deals with near the end of the anime where he goes to fight his brother um and that's a really good fight too because most of it is through a flashback through the different flashbacks and stuff and then we go to the actual fight with millions knives which is a really good fight um but yeah uh the old trigun is fantastic please go watch it it is on crunchyroll and the movie too the the there is a movie for trigun as well uh it's called badlands rumble it's a nice little uh hour and a half movie um I don't know if it's actually canon or not. I have I have no idea. Some people say it is. Some people say it isn't. Um, honestly, it doesn't matter. It's a really good, really well animated, re- well animated uh, movie. Um, yeah, even that's really good. Uh, the music's really good. It's animated very well. Um, I honestly kind of wish if if they had redone. Uh, Trigun earlier they should have done it like Badlands Rumble like that way I that looks it looks really really nice but but now we have this new one try called Trigun Stampede which I will say um, I like it I definitely have some issues with it but overall I like it it's not too bad um, the intro like the intro song is kind of it's okay. I, I, I mean, it's not bad, but I mean, it's not, it's not as memorable as like the original uh, intro. Um, th- definitely a lot of differences with this new with this new one. Uh, instead of the instead of sixty billion double dollars, it is six mil- It is six million double dollars on Bash's head. Um. Another big one that a lot of people was just like, what the heck? Like, Millie is not in this one. Millie is not in the new one. And she is replaced by this new character called, and I can't believe that, that this is the, this guy's name, is Roberto De Niro. That is the new character that kind of replaces Millie. And they're completely different characters. And the completely different jobs, too. So, in the original, um, Meryl and Millie are insurance agents. But in the new one, Meryl and Roberto are reporters. They're out to find Vash so they can do an interview with him and write a story about him. And in the old one you kind of see that Meryl and Millie uh, like they're professionals like they've been doing this job they've been doing their insurance job for a while for the new one Roberto is like the experienced one and Meryl is actually like a new a brand new reporter like she's like Roberto keep uh, like Meryl is a rookie and Roberto keeps referring to Meryl as newbie like he never really calls her by her name. He only he only really calls her by newbie, and she hates that. She's like, I know what I'm doing. It's like, it's like stop calling me newbie. I have an actual name. So, and like, Meryl, she's very like gung ho. She like wants to get the job done. She'd do anything to get a story. And Roberto is like the experienced one. Um, <laughs> he's like doesn't really care like i mean he does care about his job but he's just like it's like oh whatever like (laughs) and he drinks all the time he drinks out of his like little flask um and it seems like like he kind of he's very perceptive like he knows like when somebody's hiding something like he's very like i think that's kind of like his little thing that makes him different is like oh he's very since he's experience he's very perceptive he can he knows what people are hiding he knows like people's true intentions or just whatever um 
I mean, it's not a bad character trait. It's not bad. I sort of like Roberto, but I mean, just that difference between just like how Meryl and Millie were in in, uh, in the old one and loving their dynamic, especially with Vash, and then this new one, just that straight contrast. It's a bit up. It's a bit of a jump. It's a bit of a clash, but I. I can see I can see it working. Um, we've we've we're only seven episodes into this new one, so I'm still gonna give this time to kind of you know work its way through to see how these char- see how the characters like keep going with the anime. Um, in this new one, we actually get a bit of uh, Vash's backstory in like the first episode, like in the first like minutes of the, of the new one, we go straight into like a bit of the of the backstory with Vash and Knives who I, I, apparently I guess Knives is original name was Nye not Knives and but there's still it's still basically the same thing as like in the original it's just in the original we don't really know about Vash or Knives' backstory until like more than halfway into the seat into the series like i don't think we learn about their backstory until like episode 17 of the old one and that's the whole episode it's just the backstory of like how vash and knives like their relationship with each other their relationship with rem and everything and actually we get more of their backstory um in like the last episode where we see like how Vash and Knives are on this new planet, like on the plant on, uh, like on the new planet. Uh, I can't remember the name of what it is in the old one, because um, I think the name of it in the new one's called No Man's Land, but I, but I can't remember the one for the old one. But not really that big of a deal, but. Yeah, like the new one, we go straight into their backstory just a little in the first episode. Um, and then also Vash in the new one. Um, he's kind of treated like uh, he's an outlaw, but he's also kind of treated as a hero in one of the towns because I guess he saved. Um, he saved their plant, so they actually like. Like they actually treat him as a hero and not just an outlaw until that changes until that changes in like the next episode where they're trying to get the the bounty on his head. Um in the in the new one, um like I will say in the in the old one there's like this mystery about millions of knives. Like we don't really know too much about him. We just only hear um about about it about him through the other characters that Vash has to go against like Legato and the gung-ho guns and everything we don't there's like an air it's like there's like a mystery about him like what what is he actually like until we actually see the backstory of Vash but in the new one man we cut straight to the chase um we see how mil- we see how knives is and he is scary he's scary intimidating like he's a guy you just you do not want to mess with like i believe yeah in the new one and like in episode 3 he actually like like he actually comes out to like to handle stuff he doesn't have the people like do stuff for him or anything like he comes out and he just tears the place up and it's pretty graphic too like they don't like it like I will say like this new one is pretty graphic like they show a lot of blood in this one and they 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 don't tiptoe around it they don't uh, try to hide anything like Millions knives is nobody to play with, and I get, and I really like that. That kind of shows like he's like the big bad threat. That like, this is who you're up against. 
and you have to go through all these different people just to get to him and they're just as dangerous as they're just as dangerous as he is but he's the big bad and it's really amazing show, uh, seeing this how methodical he is with just taking out the city and just taking out people and it's crazy um some other some other differences uh wolfwood when we get introduced to him he's not a priest in the new one he's an he, he calls himself an undertaker um and he's like his like little code name uh is like the punisher and again he's he's, he's kind of like in the old one he doesn't have any qualms with taking out people with killing people or just taking out anything to get an objective done to get to get the job done and Vash is the same well Vash is the same way as he was in the old one he doesn't want to kill people he doesn't he actually does he doesn't want to hurt or kill anybody and if he needs to take somebody out he just tries to incapacitate them um so yeah that that's definitely uh so they didn't straight they didn't stray too far away when it came to Wolfwood um, I really like him and I'm excited and I'm excited to, and we actually get a bit of his backstory too. Um, in the new one, we don't really get, the, I don't think we really get that in the old one, but we get that, we get a backstory in the new one. So that was actually pretty cool to see. Um, but yeah, this new one is, is more serious than the old one. Now the old one does get serious, but that it's not the whole thing all the way through the new one is like it's pretty serious like all all the way through so far there are some funny moments but most but mostly it's all it's mostly serious like i said it's it's kind of gory um especially when you see how knives just takes people out and destroys the town it's pretty it's pretty crazy like this show does not tiptoe around. It doesn't. And I sort of like that. I like that it doesn't... It's like, we're not playing around. Like, this is serious stuff. And we actually see a bit of the gung-ho guns in this new one, too. Like, we get introduced to them pretty quick. Um, pretty early on. And I like how we get introduced to them. And... They don't get taken out within the first episode. You don't. It's not like in the old one where like, oh, you get introduced to one and then they get taken out in the same episode. That was something I did not like. I really didn't like in the old one. I was like, I kind of want to see how like Vash goes against this. Like, I want him to go against this uh, this certain one uh, like multiple times. But like in some episodes, like you get introduced to one and then get taken and they get taken out in like the the same episode. And I'm like. Uh, it's like, oh, oh, I wish we had like more time with them. They're really interesting characters. <laughs> but that's that's just me. But there's some, but I will say the a, a similarity between both the old and the new Trigun is that Johnny Young Bosch is still the voice of Vash. I was so happy when it got announced, like for the English dub of Trigun Stampede, that Johnny Young Bosch was coming back to play Vash after 20 years. Like, this is awesome. For those who don't know who Johnny Young Bosch is, um, he mostly, he firstly, like, got famous through Power Rangers. Uh, he was the second black um, Mighty Morphin Power Ranger. And then he went all the way through Zeo, all the way up until Turbo, where he was the first green Turbo Ranger, and then he got replaced. And he's been doing Power Ranger, like, some cameos off and on throughout the years. So he's still really famous with uh, Power Rangers. That's how he really got his big claim to fame. But for voiceover roles, Vash the Stampede for Trigun was his first ever uh, anime voice uh, voice actor role. So that... That role means so much to him. And, I, like, I met him at a convention, and I got him to sign something 
as Vash, and he's and he told me he's like, yeah, Vash was my first ever uh, VA role, and he loves do he loves doing Vash. Every time, like Vash is in something, um, he always comes back to do it. So I was really really happy that he came back to voice Vash again in this new anime in this new uh, Trigun anime. Um, some of the other roles that Johnny is known for is he's also the English voice of Ishigo Kurosaki from Bleach. He's also Lelouch v. Britannia in Code Geass. Um, he's voiced in so many anime and JRPG games. He's done so many other animes. It's like I'd be here forever just talking about all the stuff he's been in. So he's definitely a legend in voiceover and... Honestly, <laughs> I'm so glad he's back voicing Vash because it's not, it really isn't Vash if he's not voicing him. It really isn't because he just brings so much to that character. He brings like such a lighthearted and goofy tone with Vash, but he also can be serious when he, when like the chips are down and like, oh, that Vash needs to get serious. So I'm, I'm really, really happy that he is back voicing Vash. And so... Those are my thoughts on the old and new Trigun. Um, like I said, I I enjoy it. Um, I am definitely going to um, keep up with watching the new one and see where this goes. Like it's, I, I like that it's not just a beat-for-beat beat retelling of the old one. I like that they're doing things different um, to where it's its own thing and not trying to rely so much on the old. But there are some things in the new one that I'm like, yeah, it's weird and I don't like it, but I know that's just me just like, no, I need to give it a chance. I need to like, let it be its own thing. And I, if it doesn't do things exactly like the old, that's fine because it's not a beat for beat retelling. So we'll see where, we'll see there. We'll, we'll see where this one goes. Um, and if you want to check it out, it's on Crunchyroll as well. It's, uh, the English dub has only gotten up to, uh, episode four, I believe. And then after that, um, it goes into Japanese, but definitely if you, if you want to check it out, if you want to check out the old one, it's on Crunchyroll as well. So definitely check that out as well. Um, such a classic. And if you want to check out the new one, like check out the new one and then watch the old one, do that too. That's your prerogative. But it, I'm excited. I am interested to see where this new one goes. And that, and then, with that, we will move on to our last little bit, which is talking about Ant-Man: Quantumania. We we got uh, that premiered last week, um, and I was pretty excited to see like seeing the trailers i was like oh like stuff's gonna go down in this one because i mean we're we're getting introduced to kang kang the conqueror um uh this one might be a this um movie might be a little bit more serious than the other ant-man movies um i was just really excited just to see where this was gonna go and I went to go see it with my brother this past Friday, and as with any normal Ant-Man movie, it's funny. It really is funny. It's still really, really funny. Still has that humor of it. Um, I definitely liked the uh, the like. This is a bit of minor spoilers with Ant-Man. I'm not gonna get too much into it because you should definitely go check it out when you have the chance. Um, I definitely like the conflict between uh, Scott and Cassie. Um, that little dynamic that they have with each, like, obviously father and daughter. But you see there's a bit of a strain on the relationship because, I mean, he's been gone. He was one, he, he got stuck in, he got stuck in the, uh, in the quantums, in the quantum realm during, uh, during Infinity War. So, um, 
he he was gone for five he was gone for five years, and by the time and when he got and when he came back, Cassie was grown up. Like the last time he saw her before then, he she was like a, a little girl, and then she, um, when he get comes out of the quantum realm, she's a grown up or basically a grown up. She's like a like she's like like about like eighteen or something like that. Like like she's she's practically an adult. So there there is that that a conflict of like a Scott trying to figure out what the best way to like you know instill values into his daughter and it's like obviously wants her to do the right thing, but there's some things that she's doing that aren't that isn't exactly like the best thing to do and he's trying to do his best to you know impart some wisdom in her and everything so there is a bit of that conflict between each other um uh one of the things in this movie uh modok is in this movie and i mean you probably you if y'all saw the trailer you you saw you saw modok in there i'm not going to spoil who it is who actually is modok but Modoc was just kind of treated as a joke in this movie, which there were moments where it was funny. It was pretty funny, but at times it's like in the comics, like this dude, like Modoc is a killer. Like he, like he's this intelligent being that also can, like, can just slaughter people without, like, without any qualms and. It's just kind of weird seeing like this character as like a joke. Now I've seen in other iterations where like this character is like supposed to be funny and everything, but I thought maybe Modok would be treated like maybe a little bit more serious than normal. But I don't know. I I didn't I didn't absolutely hate it, but I didn't like it either. So kind of in the middle for me. A uh, Kang, he was fantastic. Like Jonathan Majors, God, he's just such a good job with Kang, just making him just this intimidating uh, being that is just not to be trifled with. Um, and like we saw a bit, like we saw a bit of uh, of what Kang could be in Loki with He Who Remains. Um, when we get warned, it's like, oh, if, you, if, if, like, you think I'm evil, it's like, you should see my, you should meet my variants, and this is one of them, Kang the Conqueror, and he, he is just, a, he's a bad man, like, but we don't really spend a lot of time, I mean, we do, but we don't, like, this movie does go pretty fast, like, honestly, it. It seemed like, yeah, like, even though this movie was, like, two hours or whatever, it, this movie went pretty fast. Like, that was, that was pretty surprising to me. I was, like, I thought this movie would last a little bit longer, but no, the movie goes at a pretty brisk pace. And I guess that's one of the, criti- one of the criticisms of it, that it moves a little too fast and we're jumping around a lot. Um... And we don't really get to spend a whole lot of time with certain characters that we would like to. Um, but we do, like, find out, like, why King is there, why he's in the quantum realm, and stuff like that. But, like, I mean, any any scene that King is in, he just takes over that scene. And, he, and Jonathan Major does a fantastic job with King. And... I'm excited to see him in other movies. I'm ex- uh, like Jonathan Majors. He's in everything now. Oh my god! It seems like it. Ev- like everywhere you go, a new movie comes out. Oh, Jonathan Majors in it. He's playing a prominent character in that movie, and he looks like he's gonna do a fantastic job. So, I'm excited to see uh, what he does with uh, his other appearances in the MCU because we're because go- we're gonna see other variants of Kang. That's just what's gonna happen especially with at the end of season one of loki like we know we're gonna see more variants of kang and i'm super excited to see diff- his different 
variants, how they are, how they're different from each other, and definitely interested to see. Um, and I'm speaking of Kang, I will say, if you're a Marvel fan, definitely stick around for the mid credit, the mid credits and end credit scenes because they're like, they're not just throwaways. They're not just like throwaway scenes. It's like, oh, that's funny or just whatever. No, there, <laughs> there's actually like they actually have some implications to what's going to happen later on in other series and movies. Um, again, I won't spoil them, but definitely stick around for those two scenes because there's a lot of implications between uh, for later on. Um, some of the other things, uh, Cassie, there's a different actress for her. Um, in Endgame, whenever Scott sees her, I believe, uh, I believe the actress is Emma Furman, but in Quantumania, it's Catherine Newton that is playing Cassie. So there is a bit of a difference it's like, oh, that's not the same actress who's playing her. It's like, well, like, there you go. There's that explanation. Um, but, yeah, I mean, ov- overall, um, I had a good t- I enjoyed Ant-Man. Um, there def- it definitely had some problems with it that I was like, it definitely moved a little bit too fast in some places. Uh, we didn't really get to absorb some of the stuff and some of the info we were getting, some of the characters um were not as good as I thought they were, but some were fantastic. Um so yeah, overall I would definitely go out and go see it. Um and I'm definitely excited to see what th- what this means for later on in the MCU, especially with those uh mid and end credit scenes. So yeah. And I believe that that about does it for this episode, this first episode of Weaving with Wiz. I hope you all enjoyed listening to this. Um, like I said, this is my first time doing this. So, um, again, I hope you enjoyed listening to it. And um, hopefully I'm able to do this again. Uh, maybe I might do this with some friends at a convention or we're doing or. I do this with some friends at a house, at their house, just talking about stuff. Um, so, yeah, and that's where I'm going to end it. Uh, hope Once again, hope you have a great rest of your day, and I will see y'all in the next episode. <laughs>